Well, it sure is a joy and a privilege to be able to share a message with you today that God's placed on my heart, and I hope that it speaks to you um, and prompts you to see what God has in store for you in the future. Our little granddaughter, Everly, is six and a half years old. I have to get the half in there now because she's beyond six. But anyhow, a couple of summers ago, Randy and I decided to buy her her own little kid-sized fishing pole. It's blue and purple, has the frozen characters on it. She loved it. Came with a little purple fish that hangs on the end of it that you can practice casting with. So when she got that pole, she practiced in our living room many times casting, trying to get the line to go in front of her. We didn't break anything, which is a small miracle in and of itself because it went in many directions, but she loved it. When the weather got nice, we took her down to the pond that was close by our house. That pond has a bunch of bluegill that live in it, so we thought that would be a great place for her to practice and do her fishing. Well, we gave her lots of room whenever she started throwing that out with a real uh, hook on the end of it. Good idea because uh, the first few times it went beside her, behind her, everywhere but where it was supposed to go into that little pond. But eventually she honed in on her skills and she got it right into the water. And within less than an hour's time, she had caught and released seven bluegill. She was so excited. Now Papa, Randy, his job was to teach her how to do all this. My job in all of this was, I was the sanitizer queen. You all know what I mean, right? Yucky, fishy stuff. you got to have sanitizer. And the official photographer. So we do have pictures to prove that she caught all seven of those bluegill that day. And she had a wonderful story to go home and share with her mom and dad and her other grandparents when it was all done. And now one of her favorite things to do when she comes to where we live is to go fishing in the summertime. So we had a great day of making a great memory, and she had a wonderful fish story to share. Today, we're going to take a look at another fish story that's in the scriptures. And this one, although Everly's was a great one, this is a life-changing fish story that we're going to take a look at today. It's one that I think can teach us a very wonderful spiritual truth. And once you grasp that spiritual truth, your life is never, ever going to be the same. Here it is. Jesus knows more about your life than you do. That's right. Jesus knows more about your life than you do. That means he knows more about your situation, your problems, the challenges that you face. He knows more about your abilities, your limitations, what it is that you have for hopes and dreams for the future. He knows more about all of those things than you can ever possibly know. Not only does he know more about your life than you do, but he also has the ability and is willing and wants to make your life the very best that it can possibly be. He said, I have come that they, they meaning his followers, meaning us, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's found in John chapter 10, verse 10. And that's exactly what he wants to do for you. In Luke 5, we find the story about Jesus and Simon. Simon and his partners met Jesus on that particular morning. And Jesus touched their lives in an amazing way, in a way that changed them Forever. So we're going to take a look at that passage today. If you have a Bible and would like to follow along, we're going to look at Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. 
One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, we now call that the Sea of Galilee, just so you know, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. At the time of this story in the scriptures, Peter wasn't the Apostle Peter as we know him today. In fact, his name wasn't even Peter. It was Simon. That was his name. Later, Jesus changed his name to Peter. Peter in Greek is Petros, which means rock. Jesus took this man, Simon, a simple fisherman with a small business, and some of his business partners, he had some boats, a couple of them, and some nets, and Jesus took this simple fisherman and transformed his life from that of a fisherman to being a great man of God, one who had immense spiritual power. Peter began his journey of faith with an awful lot to learn. He went stumbling and bumbling and fumbling along. And sometimes he said things that he probably wished he could take back. He spoke out of turn sometimes. But he became the Apostle Peter, one of the most significant people in the life of the early church. It tells us in the scriptures that on the day of Pentecost, he preached and 3,000 people were saved. Can you imagine that? 3,000 people in one day were saved. He also was able to perform miracles through the power of God, bring healings to people. When people found this out, they would bring the sick people out into the streets when they knew he was coming through, and they would let them sit along the streets just hoping that his shadow would pass over them and bring healing to their bodies. This is what Peter became. But in Luke 5, the story we just read, he was still going by the name of Simon. He had no idea at that point in his life what Jesus could and would do through him. Today, some of you are probably right where Simon was. You know about Jesus. You've heard about him. You're familiar with him. Simon had heard of Jesus. In fact, Simon had had a visit from Jesus just a few weeks earlier in his own home. If you read in the previous chapter, you'll see that Jesus came to Simon's home because his mother-in-law was sick with a high fever. And Jesus spoke, and the fever left her. But now, Jesus had come to Simon's workplace. He had come there along the sea. 
and it touched Simon in a new and fresh way. I think it was that day that Simon first started to grasp that spiritual truth that Jesus knows more about me and my life than I will ever know. Remember, he was a simple fisherman. He worked with his brother Andrew, and he had a couple of business partners. Their names were James and John. They were the sons of Zebedee. They were up on the shore one day, early morning, cleaning their nets, mending them, getting everything ready for the next time that they would set out and go fishing. They'd had a rough night, hadn't caught any fish. It was a bad night out on the sea. In the distance, they saw some people coming their direction. They probably thought they were people looking to buy fish, and they would be disappointed that they had none to sell. But as the group came closer, the group kept growing, and, and Simon saw somebody out in the front talking to them, a man. As he got even closer, he realized the man that was talking to that crowd that kept growing was Jesus. Jesus approached where Simon was, and he saw the two empty boats sitting there. And he said something to Simon, a very simple request. He said, Simon, would you take me out into the water? Jesus climbed in that boat, and Simon set out into the water just a little ways. Now, when I first read that scripture, I had this question in my mind. Why did Jesus want to do, do that? Why did he want to get in that boat and go out on the water when he had this whole crowd of people right there that he was preaching and teaching to? thought at first maybe he was afraid maybe he thought they were going to hurt him or he was in danger in some way but I did a little researching and I came to find out that whenever you're on the still water of the Sea of Galilee that the acoustics are very good and so by the fact that Jesus went out into the water on that boat it acted as a natural amplifier and the crowds that were there along the shore could hear him better than if he had stayed right there on the beach beside them and that was why he had gotten into the boat and gone out into the sea. After Jesus had finished teaching and preaching, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Simon and his co-workers on the boat that night let down their nets and when they pulled them back in, wow, what did they find but a giant catch of fish. So many fish that the nets started to break. Simon had to signal for his partners in the other boat to come out to where they were so that they could put fish in their boat as well. Now remember, these boats weren't little tiny rowboats. These were boats that were 20 or 30 feet long made out of wood. They would hold a lot of fish. The boats were filling up so fast that they started to sink from the size of this one catch. Amazing. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. What happened next? Luke tells us, so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. That life-changing encounter began with that very simple request of Jesus to Simon. Hey, will you take me out on your boat just a little bit? And yet it changed Simon's life forever. 
That same kind of transformation can happen to you and I today. That's what God wants to do for us. Simon was transformed from Simon the fisherman to Peter the apostle, the man of God. So today, maybe you're a casual follower of Jesus. Maybe you come to church because your family wants you to. Maybe you've thought about him, but you haven't sold out to him. You can begin that experience of transformation in your life, just like Simon Peter did that day. God wants to take you to a life that is full of abundance and joy, an exciting life, a life that has purpose and meaning. As Jesus called it, life and that more abundantly. It begins by soaking in that spiritual truth that I said earlier. Jesus knows more about you and your life than you'll ever know. And he's willing and able to make your life amazing. The best that it can possibly be. So if we look at the life of Simon Peter, I saw about three things that you can put into this spiritual principle and help to put it into practice in your life. The first is this. Because Jesus knows more about your life than you know, that is a very good reason to keep trying, even when the results don't come easy. Jesus told Peter, the fisherman, to go out into the deep water and let the nets down for a catch. Peter said back, Master, we've worked hard all night, haven't caught anything. What he didn't say, but I imagine it ran through his mind, was, um, I'm the professional fisherman here. I should know when the waters are good and when they're not, when it's right for fishing. You are a carpenter and a good preacher and teacher, but you're not a professional fisherman. I've got a whole lot more experience here than you do. I imagine that went through his mind. Simon Peter didn't say that, but those kind of things go through our minds, don't they, sometimes? Jesus, you just don't understand the situation that I'm facing. Jesus, you, you just don't know how important this is, how critical it is to my life. Jesus, you don't know how hard it is to live now. God, you don't get it. My business, it's a challenge all the time. You don't see how devastating this situation might be to me so I've got to make this decision on my own Jesus I'm sorry but I just don't think you really get it I don't think you understand sounds pretty ridiculous when I say it like that right but we do it all the time don't we I'm guilty of it I know we all are Jesus tells us to move out into the deep and let down our nets and we say Lord no I've tried and I've tried and I've tried I just can't keep trying. I'm not going to try anymore. It's just not working. I've tried to be good. It's not working. I've tried to tell other people about you and they just don't listen. I've tried to be nice to the people at work and all they do is stab me in the back. I've tried to do good and nothing works. Right? When Jesus told Peter to let his nets down into the water, Peter thought that might be an exercise in futility for sure. But he was beginning to grasp that spiritual truth that says, Jesus knows more about my life than I do. So I will try again because he asked me to. It's the same with you and with me. Even if you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and you get nothing in return, here's a good reason to keep on trying. 
Because Jesus knows more about your situation than you do. And when he tells you to keep trying, there's a good reason to keep doing it. Regardless of what Peter might have been tempted to think on that particular day, here's what he said. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. What did Peter do? By listening to God, by being in obedience to him, he put himself in a position to be amazingly blessed by God. God blew his socks off that day with the amazing catch of fish that came into his nets. He was blessed and in a very spectacular way. Jesus does know more about your situation than you do. And that means that he's also able to recognize your true potential. I think it was as that miracle took place out there on the water that Peter began to realize that he was in the presence of greatness. Like I said, he'd, he'd heard about Jesus, met Jesus, but he didn't get it. He thought he was a man of God. But in that moment when that giant catch of fish was put into those two boats, almost causing them to sink, he realized, this is not just a man of God. I'm in the presence of God. I am standing in the presence of God. God had done something amazing, something very generous for him, something only God could do. It was no accident. God had done a miracle for him. Think about what that big catch of fish meant to Peter. It meant money. That was his livelihood. It meant that he could feed his family. He could pay his bills. That many fish probably meant he wouldn't need to fish for a good month, I would guess, at least, maybe longer. But what did he say when that happened? He said, on, on his knees, he got on his knees, and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Simon's encounter with Jesus was life-changing. He finally realized that Jesus was his whole life, and he wanted to turn his whole life around. He realized that he was in the presence of God, not just a man of God. He fell on his knees. Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. He realized that he was a sinner. And he confessed it right then and there before Jesus. He realized that he couldn't be in God's presence and stay the way that he was without changing his life. Simon's realization left him very afraid. And of course... Our amazing God knew that. Jesus knew that. And so right away, he said to Simon, don't be afraid. I'm sure in that moment, it comforted Simon more than you can imagine. What Simon didn't realize was that moment that he admitted his sinfulness, that was what he had to do to serve the Lord. That's what we have to do is admit our sinfulness and let him take over. His confession of his sinfulness became his resume for service. It's one thing to be a sinner and to deny that, but it's a whole another thing when you know who you are, you stand before God, and you confess and repent of those sins. Just like Simon, when we encounter Jesus face to face, we're never, ever the same again. 
It's an experience that leaves us changed and different. Now, if you were to see Simon before and Simon after, he probably looked the same on the outside. He probably talked the same, walked the same, but he was different. He knew God firsthand. He had felt the love and forgiveness of Christ in his heart. When we encounter Jesus face to face, guess what? We change too. We change on the inside. When we see his work working in our lives, we're amazed. We'll never be the same. We don't see our potential the way Jesus does. We see our limitations. We see our failures. We see our weaknesses. We see the challenges. We see our sinfulness. I want you to know that Jesus sees in you your potential for greatness. He sees what you can be. To him, you're not just a fisherman. You're not just a nurse or a store clerk or a person who's a carpenter or a police officer. To him, you have the potential to do his work. Your life can be defined by more than failure. Your life can also be defined by more than your successes. Your life can be defined by the difference you make for the kingdom of God, by the lives that you touch, the people you impact and tell about Jesus. You're making a difference for all eternity when you turn your life over to him. Jesus is inviting you to do his work. He's inviting you to make a difference, just like he did Simon that day. You may not see your full potential, but believe you me, he does. He knows what you can be, and it's far more than you see in yourself. That's because he knows more about you than you know about yourself. And because of that, it's worth the risk to leave everything behind. The Bible says in that scripture, So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. The switch changed in Peter's brain. He had that great idea of running his fishing business and making it grow and being the best that there was along the Sea of Galilee. And in that moment, he says, you know what? That's not for me anymore. I have a much greater mission in mind for my life. I found something so much better. I want to spend the rest of my life catching people for the kingdom of God. Peter left his business behind. But not every follower of Jesus does that. If you look at the life of Paul, you'll see that throughout his ministry, he remained a tent maker. Chances are that you and I, we're going to continue in the work that we're doing here. But I want you to know that Jesus can use you right where you are in a far greater way than you can ever realize right now. He can expand your horizons. He can increase your outreach in amazing ways, far beyond anything that you could have hoped to accomplish on your own. In order for that to happen, though, you must make that same decision that Simon made there by the sea to leave everything and follow him. That afternoon on the Sea of Galilee, Simon Peter began a transformation, a journey of transforming that took him from being that simple fisherman to becoming a great man of God. It began when he learned that simple principle that Jesus knows more about me and my life than I do. It can begin for you today as well. 
Are you ready to trust Jesus completely? Perhaps you've been one of those people that I talked about earlier who, who knows Jesus. You come to church, you've heard about him, read about him, but you haven't committed your life to serving him. He wants to transform your life. He wants to make it an amazing life full of abundance. He wants to develop your potential. We see just our insecurities and our weaknesses. He sees so much more than that in all of us. Are you ready to follow him and follow him alone? Jesus begins where we are, and he changes the ordinary, just like Simon, into the extraordinary, a great man of God. He can do that in our lives as well, for willing and open to letting him do that. Remember, we don't have to be afraid to follow Jesus. He loves us, and he has a wonderful plan for each of our lives. All we need to do is give our lives to him and trust him completely. He's cast a net in your direction. It's up to you if you want to be caught. As the worship team comes up, we're going to sing another song. I want you to just think about what I've shared today and pray about it. If God's speaking to your heart, if you've never asked him into your life, would you Think about doing that today. You won't be sorry, believe me. Maybe you've struggled with, you know, I just don't know what it is that God's wanting me to do. I want to go deeper in my relationship with him. Come and pray about it. He will show you. Just release it to him, and he will show you exactly what your potential is. Would you all stand as we pray and sing? Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the amazing transformation of Simon Peter, God, his example from a life of a simple fisherman to an amazing man of God. I pray if there is anyone here today who is struggling, who maybe hasn't asked you to be their Lord and Savior, that today would be the time they do that, Lord. And if there's anyone here who hasn't fully committed to you, to serving you 100%, to giving it all to you and trusting you for their future, I pray that today is the time that they turn it over to you. You will do amazing things in their lives. I thank you, God, for all of this. And we pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. <laughs>